0: Welcome to Character Explorations, a podcast production of the Wendt Center for Character Education at the University of Dubuque. I'm Annalee Ward, the director of the Wendt Center, and with me today is Dr. Adam Hoffman, professor of environmental chemistry. He's going to help us explore the role nature may play in our character development. Now, some of our conversation is based on an article he wrote in our journal issue, Character and the Places of Home found online at dbq.edu went spelled W-E-N-D-T. Dr. Hoffman works in the traditional classroom setting, but he also takes his students out on the Mississippi River to do research. His concerns for water quality have even taken him to Sweden. Adam, welcome. You wrote about something unusual called an ootadog? Whatever is that? <laughs>
1: <laughs> That's a wonderful question, An. And first and foremost, thank you for inviting me here today. Um, I am super excited to explore this topic again. Um, and your first question, UTA dogs are outdoor days. So I first was introduced to those when in Sweden. So I was on sabbatical in Sweden with my family, and every Tuesday, my kids were at school, and the school on Tuesdays was UTA dogs. So they were outdoors every single day. So the classroom environment moved from inside the built environment to outside in the natural world.
0: What if it was snowing or raining or something?
1: All the better. They were still outside. Um, And there's a fantastic Scandinavian phrase that there's no such thing as bad weather, just improper dress. And I think lots of that um, rings true.
0: Okay, so what did you learn about the kids being outside? I mean, most of us might think, wait, they're losing a day of education. What kind of education are they getting, spending a whole day outside every day?
1: Yeah, a fantastic environmental education. So they were covering the exact same topics, only they were exploring them in the natural world. So they really were introduced to the environment around them while still learning about math, science, language arts, music, all those things were framed in that realm. And when I first was introduced to it, I was thinking they're just moving the classroom outside. So it's just an environment for learning. But in actuality, that outdoor environment was also teaching them a variety of different things.
0: Nature as teacher, hmm. Well, these days I'm hearing a lot about how nature can be healthy. In fact, doctors are even giving prescriptions for nature, or what can be called ecotherapy, for getting outside in that natural setting in order to improve physical and mental health. Uh, A New York Times article cites multiple studies that show escaping to a neighborhood park, hiking through the woods, or spending a weekend by the lake, can actually lower a person's stress levels, decrease blood pressure, reduce the risk of asthma, allergies, diabetes, and cardiovascular disease while boosting mental health and increasing life expectancy. Wow, it sounds really healthy, but wait a minute. That's not what you're talking about, is it? I mean, you've you've said in your article that nature keeps us and as we, it keeps us, we develop virtues that help us be better keepers of others. Are you saying that nature can, can teach us virtues?
1: Correct. That's exactly what I'm saying. It's like an infomercial. It's all that stuff and more. And the more is what I'm focusing on. Virtues such as compassion, caring, um, environmental justice, diversity. A whole host of different virtues, I'm arguing, can be fostered in the natural world.
0: Well, how can it foster care or compassion?
1: Brian Walsh has a fantastic characterization of compassion. He says, compassion is what happens when love meets suffering. And really, first, when we think about the natural world, and and I'm arguing connecting to the natural world is the very first step. So we can only love what we know. So education, I often think of as opening a door. So we have to educate people, students, especially children to this fantastic natural world around us. So only by making those connections, can we fully love and appreciate the world around us?
0: Well, okay. I understand you want us to love and care for things by getting to know it, but so many of us live in cities. How can we get to know nature?
1: Yeah, I think that's really important, the realization that nature is all around us. It can be a city park. It can be a garden in a kid's swimming pool in the backyard. It can be anything in the built world that you are fostering, looking after, showing stewardship to that we can connect to. So, so often we think about huge majestic mountains, but it can really be the tomato planted in your backyard, can be a connection to nature.
0: Great. So the more we get to know it, the more we get to love it, the more we develop a love of nature, but does that transfer?
1: Right, so I'm arguing the next step then is the compassion. So once you have this love and relationship, you have an entirely different connection to that. So I'm thinking just as an example, um, we have land, plants and animals all around us And if we can move from treating them from like they often are commodities, right, grown, traded, harvested, used for our good, to friends or something like that. So my daughter just recently decided that she is going vegetarian for the sole reason of she cannot stand to see animals suffering or in pain or not in their natural Environment, So she's built relationships with cows and pigs that are different than other people and certainly different than myself as well. And that has manifested itself, that compassion into she is treating those animals different. And we can have compassion for a large amount of different animals, um, trees, soil, a whole host of different things, but that can't happen until we change our relationship with those things around us.
0: You've, Mention some other kinds of virtues. You talked a little bit about uh, nature as an exemplar of diversity. How can we learn diversity in nature?
1: So nature is a really fantastic example um, showing the value of diversity. Um, In general, it shows us that homogeneous monocultures, lots of things that are exactly the same, is not good. So, just for example, right now in the city of Dubuque, they're cutting down a bunch of ash trees because they planted a whole host of ash trees when Dutch elm disease wiped out the trees. And then now, um, Emerald Ash borer is doing its business in town, right? So, if you have a whole lot of things that are exactly the same, whether it be trees or people thinking exactly the same, that is not good for strength, resilience, the environment. So we go out in the natural world and we can really see that diversity is really, really, really important, right? And we can take those lessons back to us, that in our classrooms, in our work environments, on our college campuses, in our governmental organizations, everything is better with diversity. And and that's all around us in the natural world.
0: That's really a beautiful lesson. Kind of related to that, what, is environmental justice. You mentioned that early on. Does that have to do with this in diversity or what are you thinking about when you talk about environmental justice?
1: Yeah, it really does. Um, I think just first and foremost that the physical and mental benefits that you already talked about that nature does is that should be a universal right for everyone, not a privilege for certain groups or certain people. So the environmental justice thought is we need to expose everyone to the same positive benefits of nature. And then also environmental justice right now largely focuses on inequalities in stuff like water quality or location of landfills or toxic dumps. Those things are often found in socioeconomically disadvantaged areas. But I'm talking about not only removing the bad things, but also giving everyone access to the good things, the character virtue building things that's also present in the environment.
0: We want to help people grow to be more than just um, one dimensional, but we want them to be fully engaged people who care about others, who are excellent in every way. So so California is doing something?
1: Yes. Yeah, so California has just recently um, launched a new outdoor equity grants program. So as of 10 days ago, they have decided they're gonna award 19 million dollars for competitive grants to increase access to underserved populations to nature. And I think just as you stated, this is just a fantastic gateway activity. So just to get people out and enjoying it and connecting and then those next steps will take place. So they will just hopefully build this connection, be aware of it, find some compassion, all these types of domino effects hopefully will happen after that. But I think this is a fantastic first step and I would imagine that this will be replicated in lots of different places. So just like you brought up the um, prescriptions that doctors are writing for outdoors in the park. So that first started in San Francisco area. Now that's been replicated, lots of other different spots. So I can certainly see um, these types of initiatives as well being put in place in, in a large variety of locations
0: given what you saw with the Uta dogs Hmm. are you ever going to implement that in your classroom
1: oh that's fantastic so um yes in a variety of different ways so i have the blessing of teaching environmental science where it's really 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 easy to get students out and about but even here in iowa it amazes me we have students that have never been to a farm and when i think about relationships between land and humans lots of it is based on how we get from point A to B, what we eat and how we live. So if you are unaware of where your food comes from, or where your energy to heat your house comes from, or where the material to build your house comes from, that really impacts your ability to fully comprehend as well as show full compassion and awe with the natural world so i, I have have yeah, the benefit of easily doing that um but i think in in all facets of the realm i work in um, education higher education we have that opportunity i know when we have new students coming on campus i'm involved with taking a large portion of them out to the mines of spain so exposing them to natural areas of around here but i'm also teaching ud for kids right now which is an outreach program for k through middle schoolers And and we are going out to Swiss Valley today just to expose them to the natural world and just to try and foster that appreciation that will certainly lead to other fantastic outcomes.
0: Well, another virtue that you talk about is awe and it's often undervalued. How might nature foster awe and how can that help us be better people?
1: So one of my favorite words in the entire English language is awesome. Um, And when I was looking back at the history of of that word, it it turns up around 1598 um, An Oxford English Dictionary claims that the original meaning was full of awe or profoundly reverential and that's when I'm thinking about Generating awe I'm thinking of awesome in its original term In the ability of nature to foster the feeling of profound reverential awe and I think it really When you have that feeling of awe in nature, it really helps you realize that the world is bigger than you. And that's a really important thing or item related to character building, is really looking out rather than just looking out for yourself. And I think when we can stand in nature and just feel awe and feel the smallness of the world, that's really, really, really important in getting us in the right mindset and getting us prepared for the character building Activities that that I say nature presents and Jane Goodall has a a fantastic quote that she says there are amazing times alone in nature when for a moment you forget you're human You become part of the natural world. It's the most amazing and wonderful and beautiful feeling And, And that's what I'm talking about awe that nature can build that feeling in us and can really transform our relationship with ourselves and the world around us
0: I can imagine myself standing and viewing some beautiful landscape and being in awe. And that leads me to some other kinds of emotions. Other kinds of not just emotions, but experiences of virtue that I want to cultivate. And you have talked about those as gratitude and contentment. Um, Is there anything you wanted to add about those virtues in in terms of nature teaching us that?
1: Yes, I think nature is really fantastic, or to use the other definition of awesome, really awesome in building um, gratitude. And there's another fantastic quote from an author, Robin Kimmer, and she has an amazing book that everyone should read called Braiding Sweetgrass. And she really talks about, and I totally wholeheartedly agree, that we need to have um, an economy built on gratitude or gift giving rather than rather than the current economy of consumption. And I'm going to read a brief little excerpt um, from Braiding Sweetgrass. Kimmerer says, "Ask permission of the ones whose lives you seek. Abide by the answer. Never take the first. Never take the last. Harvest in a way that minimizes harm." Take only what you need and leave some for others. Use everything that you take. Take only that which is given to you. Share it as the earth has shared it with you. Be grateful. Reciprocate the gift. So I think if we can use some of those ideas of gift giving and realizing that everything we have comes from somewhere else, we can change our relationship with the land and with each other from getting more consuming to realizing that gifts are important and we want to be the ones that are reciprocating gift giving, but not using up everything.
0: That reminds me of something that uh, Brian Walsh, someone you quoted at the beginning of this has said, he says creation teaches compassion, care, and love Because creation is born of the compassion, care, and love of the creator. And seeing that God's love in nature, we get to experience. And that can change us and then impact how we treat others. That's fantastic.
1: And I agree with that. And I would also just add that's another idea that relates to this is just stewardship. Ah. So all the world around us is something that we've been entrusted to take care of. And I think that's a really a paradigm shift um, for a lot of people as well, realizing that it's not ours. It belongs to someone else and we're just taking care of it. I think the nature can really help us with that thought. And it really shows, uh, especially just turnover and um, the seasons and all those things that it's not ours. It's just here. We have to take care of it for the benefit of others.
0: Wonderful, wonderful challenge for all of us. So, Adam, as you think about this this work and and the power of nature to shape and contribute to character development, where do you see future research or is anyone doing work in this area, or what um, what are you seeing out there?
1: Yeah, I see this as an area ripe for exploration. Um, I exchanged some emails with some of the authors of the work i um, I cited, and um, one author, Stephen Fatenheyer, was, um, in his article claims, we suggest increasing moral behavior in the domain of nature protection by activating the moral emotion of compassion. So they were arguing, to protect nature, we need to, not pander, but really look at compassion and, and come at that through that lens. So I emailed him. And we had a, a, a fantastic exchange, and I said, well, what is the opposite true? If we want to look at being in nature, can that impact and increase our compassion by looking at the world around us? Um, and he said that was a wonderful question, and I should pick up that line of research. So he said no one was exploring that um, those type of connections, but he agreed that there's lots of ancillary evidence that suggests those connections might be taking place. But right now, it's really an area um, that I think is, is really primed for some really interesting research exploring these types of things. And right now in our um, pre slash post slash current COVID world there's been lots of looking at impacts of mental, physical health of nature. So I think it's we've taken a mini step back from this thoughts of virtue and character building aspects of nature just because of some pressing needs, but I think the focus on nature now really 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 makes it a prime environment for exploring other benefits of nature such as virtue character building
0: options. Sounds like you have a research agenda for the near future. (laughs) (laughs) I do. So uh, any last comments that you'd like to make or things you'd like to say about this area?
1: So one um, area that really inspires awe for lots of people is Yellowstone National Park. And it was um, created in 1872. And the sign on the entrance to Yellowstone Park says, for the benefit and enjoyment of all people. And I think that's a really important phrase. So the natural world right now in the United States is not being utilized for all people. So that's one really important thing is we know, as you stated, there's multiple physical, mental benefits. It leads to stronger, healthier, more resilient people and communities. Um, but we can't just be happy with some of the people enjoying that. So I think we need to do a good job continuing to connect people, all people, like the sign into Yellowstone says, with the natural world. So they're going to reap all those benefits that you discussed. Um, but I'm also arguing they'll reap some benefits that we don't even know right now, like the character building virtues. That I I really think that in 10 years these types of things will be obvious. And um, and I really look forward to continuing this work and helping all people benefit from their connection to the natural world
0: thank you thank you so much for being with us today it's been a delight our guest has been dr adam hoffman professor of environmental chemistry at the university of dubuque for character explorations i'm annalee ward and we hope to hear from you again someday thank you again
1: thank you very much